long run, passivity won't pay off. It never pays off. If you want a life of meaning and transcendence, you're going to have to move. Aggression doesn't have to be toxic or damaging. Healthy aggression risks. It builds new things. It breaks through barriers. It's the key to living a life that matters. I'm Brian Tome, and this is The Aggressive Life. Living lightly. Living lightly. Oh, it just kind of makes you go, <sighs> living lightly. That's good. Well, what's the phrase living lightly doing on the aggressive life? Isn't the aggressive life always supposed to be about talking like this? Isn't this what aggressive means, talking like this? No, no, aggressive just means you intentionally are making decisions for your own life. Aggressive just means you're not allowing life to just happen or steamroll you. You're taking control of your life. You're taking control of your emotions. You're taking control of your thoughts. You're taking control of your career choices. And when you do that, part of what you have to do is push hard and live lightly. My guest today is a guy who, he lives lightly. He pushes hard. Let me tell you, he pushes hard. He's a professional athlete. No one who's a professional athlete doesn't push hard, but he's learned to live lightly. I think he's not taking himself too seriously. He's got a really great, calm, easygoing demeanor, and I think more of us need that. I, th I think more of us need to take ourselves less seriously. I think more of us need to let the stress drop off our back. We do not need to be as stressed as we are. We don't. Life is not as complicated as we make it to be. We can make the decision to be light, to live lightly. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries of its own. So if I'm worrying about tomorrow, if I'm upset, if I'm aggressively stressed out over tomorrow, I am breaking one of the Bible's core fundamentals living lightly. My guest today lives in a calm demeanor, and he is an intense and aggressive guy. His name is Mike Fisher, former NHL player in 18 seasons in the National Hockey League. He had 13 playoff appearances, two Stanley Cup finals. He's in one high-profile marriage. He's got two sons, profitable new side business, and the aggressive moves just keep coming and coming and he lives lightly. I'm going to talk with his former captain of the Nashville Predators, Mike Fisher. He's a force of nature on and off the ice, an aggressive man who lives by making aggressive moves. Mike Fisher, welcome to The Aggressive Life. Thanks for having me. All right. So I am dying to ask this question. I've been a longtime hockey guy. Yeah. Long time. I mean, I mean, in Pittsburgh, before Mario Lemieux came along, I was into hockey, mm -hmm. and those were awful lean years in Pittsburgh. And at the same time, I was a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, huge, 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 huge Steeler fan. And one of the things I just noticed is like, you hockey players, you dudes are just mean. You're like, you're, you're always mean. Like in football, you knock somebody down and somebody will help somebody up and slap them on the back. That never happens in hockey. Why is that? Good question. Um, you actually talk to a lot of, you know, bus drivers that do different sports. And a lot of times they'll say, you know, hockey players are some of the nicest off the ice. You get on the ice, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. We're, you know, we're crazy. 
There's no question. And I don't I don't know why, but I think some of its culture of hockey is kind of like kind of perceived as like a tough guy sport. Obviously, you're allowed to fight. It's very physical. It's a lot like football, but you can you can <laughs> take your gloves this off. This man's take eyes your, are lighting up right now. Already, you want to you want to hit somebody right now, don't you, Mike? Look, well, he's, he's just come to life all of a sudden. Talking about hitting people. No, you know what? It's one of those things that people ask if you miss. You know, I've been away from the game for a year and a half, or almost two years, and it's like, what do you miss? Why well, I miss obviously the competitiveness. You miss the guys, but um, you miss the physicality of it too. You just don't get that, you know. So. Um, so your career was was pretty impressive. You were the captain for the Nashville Predators. You've been able to play in two Stanley Cups. How many have you won? Uh, that's a big goose egg. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, for- <laughs> but that's all right. I haven't played in two Stanley Cups. And we lost to your team Pittsburgh in the last oh, in seventeen. Sorry, yeah, I'm Mike. sure you it's, knew it's, that. It sucks <laughs> to be you. Like, I'm so sorry about that. So what? What? Uh, what? I really am not trying to rub salt in a wound, but I'm no, kind of glad that I no did because this is called yeah. the aggressive life here. You know, um, what is it that separates someone like you that's made it to the highest level to be the best at the highest level? from somebody else who's got amazing skills but never makes it to the NHL. But if I watched you skate and somebody else skate, I probably couldn't tell the difference. Have you thought about that much? What? Yeah, what the- um, I, I believe, you know, God gave me definitely a unique ability. Um, but but there, like you said, there's a lot of people with ability. I, I grew up playing with some great players that were probably better than I was. A lot of people had more skill. But my parents will tell you they knew I was determined from a young age, and I think that's one of the things he also gave me, I believe, a spirit of determination, and that's kind of, I feel like, what allowed me to do what I was able to do and play for so long, and I'm very competitive, and I get that from my mom. She's (laughs) very competitive, too, Um, but I think that's... That's a big part of the difference. And one of the other things that I didn't know till recently is little story, but my dad told me and I had no idea. But in uh, back in 93, when the Blue Jays, big Blue Jay fan growing up outside of Toronto, and there were... You grew, uh, you grew up in Canada? Yeah, outside Canada, Canada. eh? You haven't oh, said yeah. A yet. <laughs> no. Hey? no. I'm down in the South too long. It's all y'all here, so... <laughs> But my dad was telling me that uh, I think someone might ask him the same question, but he's like, he remembered in 93, it was, uh, I think it might've been game seven of, you know, of the Blue Jay game. And uh, it was like eighth inning and it was like a tie game or whatever. And it was nine o'clock and everyone, our whole family was watching the game. And then I got up and said, all right, I got a game tomorrow. I got to go to bed. And I missed the ending of the World Series. Wow. But he's like, we knew from then, like we didn't, no one had to tell you what to do. You were disciplined and you knew what you wanted and you would do whatever it took to make sure that you played your best the next day. So d- determination and discipline would be the two factors for me, I think. So. 18 years in the NHL. I'm looking at you. You're, I mean, you're in good shape. You look fine. I, I don't, I would expect, I would expect you to see a lot more obvious scars in your face and stuff like that. What, what, what's the toll on, on your body doing 18 years in the NHL? Uh, it's, it's a fair amount. I've had about 10 surgeries. Um, and I, there's a reason why I have a long beard. It's covering up a lot of scars. But and uh, my teeth may pop out any moment. I'm still getting dental work <laughs> I, after I, I retire. Ask you that because they look good. Right now, they look but, really good. Go ahead. I dare you. Well, I've I've been getting a bunch of dental work recently. <laughs> Funny story. We're in Seattle for a show. I think um, this fall. And I wake up in the middle. My my temporaries were starting to get loose, and they're not 
they're not going to be temporaries forever, but I'm getting stuff for I wake up in the middle of the night, flip on the light, and, and Carrie's like, what are you doing? I was like, I can't find my teeth. I couldn't find my front teeth. They'd popped out. I'm like, I hope I didn't swallow them. Well, oh, sure yeah. enough, I found them in, on the floor and popped them back in and went back to sleep. So, so you lost anyway, them with a, a, a punch This one was a headbutt actually after a fight, my top tooth. Um, guy had headbutted me right after a fight when we kind of came in. And then uh, bottom one, I lost two in junior, uh, just a, a puck, puck to the teeth. So when the guy head headbutts your tooth after the fight and takes it out, you're smiling about it now, but like, do you go at the moment, well, that's just kind of what you get, or, or does that really bother you well, for a while? Well, he got, I think he got fined for it. He might have got fined. Um, and I actually knew, I played with him. Um, I played, I played with him before for Team Canada, and I knew him. And, you know, it was one of those things, heat of the moment, you know. Um, but we, we would laugh about it after, you know. Does he so. apologize for something like that later on? Or? Uh, I can't remember if he ever did or not. <laughs> Who is he? Who is this man? <laughs> Who is he? Come on, go go public with it right now, Mike Fisher. Yeah, he, he's uh, he was a tough guy. Um, You're not going to tell me his no, name. Scott Walker there was his name. Scott so Walker. He made, he, I bet you he didn't even know. punishments waiting for you in hell. I bet you, I bet you he didn't even know that I lost a tooth because it didn't like pop out or anything, but it just, where it broke, they couldn't save it, but it's all good. Crazy. So you don't have any lingering, any lingering physical things that are hurting you to this day. I'm pretty good. I've had lots of, you know, shoulders, knees, and um, certain different surgeries. I can't straighten my elbow like that, but um, I can work out fine. I played played three on three yesterday, um, just for Hockey? fun. So, yeah, oh, a bunch it, of retired guys. Is so, that fun? Yeah. Um, you know for what? You, I, for you, I never thought I'd. I had no desire to. Um, I, it was a year and a half where I didn't put skates on. I really didn't have a desire to. And then there's a rink real close to my house that looks like a barn. And inside, it's an unbelievable rink. It's about three-quarter size. And then there's one of my buddies said they needed a guy. And there's a bunch of retired guys that played in the league that I know. And they're like, we need you know, we need more guys. Why don't you come out? I was like, no, no, no. And then finally, I was like, you know what? Why not? I need cardio. I haven't had cardio for a year and a half. So <laughs> I lift weights a little bit. But... So anyways, I went and I've been going, you know, try to go once a week when I'm in town and it's actually pretty fun. It so, is fun. Yeah. I always wondered that as a pro athlete, if once you've gotten that level, you're just A, either so sick of that sport or B, you can't play pickup stuff any longer because you've already been to the pinnacle. Well, I think for me, I didn't ever think I'd want, and I would never play like a, a an organized men's league tournaments. There's lots of that, and some guys playing it, but I, I just wanted it to be fun with buddies, where it's more of a workout, and I get to see some guys that I normally, you know, wouldn't see if I'm not, you know, playing against them and and playing together. But it's uh, it's more of a workout than anything. But Mike and I just met each other for the first time. We've been uh, just just a few minutes ago. We've been going back and forth on text trying to set this up. Uh, so I never laid my own eyes on him other than taking a look at, you know, what's on Instagram or wherever. And just a very nice, mild-mannered guy. And I wish we had this on video for you to see. But as we've been talking, anytime you talk about something physical, you seriously light up. Like when you said physicality, yeah. your eyes, even just right now, <laughs> I just said I just said physicality. You just You just lit up. What do you think that is about us as men, or at least many of us as men and many of us as women, where, you know, we're just under physically challenged and, and what, what do you do about that now? 
Good question. I had I had a conversation with my brother, and because after I retired, and this was probably a year ago, and he's like, "What are you gonna do? You're so competitive. Where are you gonna get that?" And I was like, I, "Honestly, I don't know yet." You know, and I still work out, and I love the physicality of working out, but there's no competition to it. You know, um, I don't really know how to answer that question yet, other than I love. I, I love the competition and the physicality of it. And now it's probably my four and a half year old son at home wrestling. He wants to wrestle every day. And I'm like, where did you get this? Oh, wait, I know. And, but, um, I'm also like pretty, pretty laid back, relaxed until there's something on the line. Right now, thumb war. <laughs> let's go. Let's see. Come on. You will not beat me thumb war. Let's go. Here we go. One, two, three, four. I declare a thumb war. Oh, you got a big thumb. Dude, you, wow, he beats, <laughs> no. that is a huge thumb. No, it's not even half the size of my dad's. I mean, look at so that. Like, no, uh, you, you ought to see, I cut myself I, doing people something. People tell me I have big hands. No. I'm taller you than have, you, you and your hands hand. are huge. My, my, I shake my dad's hand, not kidding you, and my dad's 6'2", and 100, and not even close to my weight, but his hands are monstrous, and it's like, he's like wiry, he he makes me feel uncomfortable when I shake his hand. He's like country <laughs> yeah, strong. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So your physicality, do you think that that has been something that's led you to hunting? I and mean, you're you're a huge hunter. You've got a hat on that has your is this a side business catching deers? Yeah. You have? Well, that's my real real business. That's your now. real no, business. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I'm not I'm not I'm part time. But yeah. No, I, I love the outdoors, and I think part of that. I know that that's been in me since a kid. I remember when I was, I loved being outdoors and I do now as much as I like hockey. I remember I'd go by myself and my dog and my little pellet gun and I'd be gone for two hours after school. Mm. You know, if I wasn't hockey, it was outdoors and family stuff. But part of it, it's my connection to, I've always been drawn to outdoors. Um, God's creation, part of it is my faith, I think. Um, I love just, especially now everything's so busy when I get a chance to go hunting or outdoors or fishing or whatever, it's just more relaxed time and not the fast paced, you know. Do you think that's part of your physicality? I mean, there is a level of violence. You're killing something. Yeah, but I don't or, get, I, I don't, it's not always just about the kill too. Right. I mean, and there is a challenge of hunting something down, no question. As a kid, it was more about, you know, killing stuff. And now it's a little bit more about the experience, but also... It's just in me. I'm a sure. pretty newbie hunter, very yeah. newbie. I, um, I've, I've taken down a total of uh, three deer, yeah. two last year, one this year so far. There you go. There you go. And, um, and I found that uh, the place I took the three deer down, I'm no longer allowed to hunt there anymore. Actually, I, I shouldn't have been hunting there to begin with, but tough toenails. I got three deer. So, uh, so I stopped. And, and, I, and I'm actually enjoying the hunt of the new place. Now I'm on a new place. It's the hunt, and it's not... I mean, I'm, I'm, I have like a deer cam, I'm dropping corn. So hunt, I know some people have a real hard time. Well, that's not hunting. That's, you know, that's baiting and fishing. Okay, whatever. But I'm going to eat what I kill. When's the last time you ate something you killed, you know? Um, and I find, I find just the, just the mental stimulation of picking the spot and looking at the deer cam and, and just, I, I find that whole thing fascinating mm -hmm. and, I've, and, and very invigorating. So even though I've got to change, that's been glad. I'm glad I had to change. Mm -hmm. Is that well, a normal thing? For a hunter, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, that's, I love that, that part of it, doing you know, food plots and strategy and checking cams and feeding and all that stuff. I love that almost as much as I love 
you know, the hunting part of it. It's just the whole process. And, um, I love uh, the fantasy of I, I picked yeah. up a deer on this cam. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get him again. Yeah. You know, I've got one 12 points on my, uh, on my cam, and I haven't seen him again. Yeah. You know, I just I love the mystery of that. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. We, uh, now they, you can get your pictures right to your phone, which I haven't done yet because I, I know that. it'll drive me nuts. I have that. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's your email or, or phone, but yeah. I know I'll be, yeah, but... Well, yeah, if, you're, I love that. if you're hunting, if I'm like where I'm hunting right now is 40 minutes away, but you're going out 40 minutes and, you know, getting your SD card out to yeah. find out what's going on is kind of a deflating thing. Yeah. So you, uh, you are one of those guys who only eats meat that you kill. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I made, uh, no, there, there's some exceptions if someone's making something or there's no other options. Yeah, but um, my wife does not like hunting whatsoever, and it's funny. She said she'd never never marry a Canadian hockey player, hunter, and that's what she got. So <laughs> careful what you wish for. But, um, yeah, she's not a big fan of the hunting. But one of the compromises we made, you know, in our marriage first few years, it's fun, you know, it's not funny, but your marriage, you think everything, once you get married, everything's going to be fine. Well, it's a big, it's a mirror first and it's a magnifying glass and everything, you know, so it's one of those things in our marriage that we really had to work through and God did some great things in both of us. And we figured out one of the ways to compromise was she's not really a fan of the, the big, you know, uh, big cattle farms and some of these that these animals aren't cared for at all. Your and, wife, I hope you don't mind saying, is a very well-known vegan. Yeah. Well, she's not. Oh, she's not vegan. Vegan-ish. Vegan-ish. <laughs> she'll eat. You know, we have uh, we have chickens now, so she'll eat eggs. Country and, music star Carrie yeah. Underwood. Yeah. And so. she. Oh, you. She'll eat eggs. Yeah, she'll eat some stuff. She's she's mostly vegan, but not all the time. But she's definitely vegetarian. She hasn't eaten meat or fish or anything since she was sixteen, I think. So, so. like, was this a problem? You just found out in your marriage. You had to have talked about no, that when you were da- dating no. and stuff, right? Yeah, we knew, but it's like, wow, she'll she'll get used to it. And then she's like, well, he'll, you know, he, you know, he'll, it, he doesn't have to hunt, you know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's, you know, marriage comes and um, you work through stuff. And so, any, so, anyways, long story short, one of the things that that I said I would do is uh, for compromises, and she knows that, and I know that hunting is a lot more humane than you know, how most animals are killed, to be honest. And, and as long as I'm using it and I love it, you know, I had elk meat last night that I got this fall on a trip and I lots of venison in the, in the freezer and I love venison. And so that's one of the things I do. And, um, that was part of a compromise and I don't hunt our farm in Franklin, which really hurts because we have some great deer and I see all the pictures. Can I hunt your farm in Franklin? <laughs> no. no. Well, if I don't know. If you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you might get shot though if no one knows you're there. <laughs> so this is interesting for us to talk about marriage. Uh, it is true that we feel like, oh, that pro- this is for all of you folks who are engaged right now. All you folks who are engaged are going to get engaged. That issue that you're thinking is going to go away, it's not going to go away. (laughs) You're attracted to that person, you're marrying that person because of who they are. That thing is probably who they are and it's probably really good for us to have aggressive conversations. Actually, it's called the aggressive life. This is one of the things I encourage people who are dating. Man, have aggressive, aggressive conversations. Even like the first date, you should have an aggressive uh, question and conversation of what are your sexual standards? Mm-hmm. What, what, what are you expecting from me sexually? Mm-hmm. 
to talk about that on the very first date, which virtually nobody does because no one's got that kind of um, courage, but everyone's thinking in the first date, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone is. But to have that kind of conversation the first date, everyone had, anyone had that conversation, no matter how it went, it'd probably be the best first date you've ever had because you get talking about real things. Mm-hmm. But we tend to just not talk about things when we're dating. And then uh, unfortunately for me, I get married and and I tend to not talk about things when I'm married. I, I go I go inward and I just mm-hmm. kind of live my life and I'm I'm losing conversation stars with my wife. I don't know. Do you deal with that? Any of that stuff yourself? Yeah. Well, back back up to so we just reminded me of you know talking about sex when you're dating and we uh, we met in October and we kind of had our uh, we met after a show and you know there's it wasn't really a first date at all but we talked on the phone for three months before we actually really had a first date. So, and I dated before and, you know, came to know the Lord and my faith was important towards, you know, or at a young age and then I struggled and then dated and did some, made some mistakes. And then I was like, okay, this is how I want my dating relationships to be. And so I, right away, I, I told her, I was like, we can't have sex until we get married. And, and she was like, oh, that's great. You know, she, uh, awesome. but I kind of, cause I'm like, she needs to know exactly who I am. Cause I don't want to waste any time, nor does she. And, you know, I was doing stuff. I remember it was kind of embarrassing, but I, I farted in front of her early on in the relationship. And she was like, that is disgusting. But no one, no other guy would ever do that in front of me. So I know that at least you're real and you're confident in who you are. I hope you but, told her, sweetie, we, we all do this. I, was, I, hope she, I hope she knows that we all do this. And we, and but it we, was an accident. And we generally no. smell our own farts, dude. Do you like to smell your own farts? Come on, everybody now. likes their own they, brand. Yeah, <laughs> Austin Powers. But but those are some of the things because we got to um, talk on the phone for three months. She really got to know and feel comfortable. Then our first date was like, this is easy. I feel like I already know her. She knows we've already we already set boundaries in our relationship, and I I wouldn't have done that when in my early twenties, not even close. I wasn't mature enough in my faith to even talk about those things and. Um, some of those things are hard to talk about, but I knew with her if um, she needed to know. And That's phenomenal. The way our conversations were going, too, I think we knew we were going to be dating, but it was just, you know, with our schedules, it got crazy. And, you know, but um, I mean, that's how you really get to know someone and who they really are, I think. And over time, obviously, it's easy to say those things, too, but it's, you know, you got to follow it up. So I find conversation is harder after I've been married than before I was married. And I'm not sure if it's because my wife and I have been married for 30-ish year, 30-some years. You know, we know so much about each other that there's not a lot of place of discovery or if it's because you just get lazy, you know, and you're trying to be on your game when you're dating or younger of just getting to know this person and keep the ball rolling. And then you get going for a while and I don't know, maybe you don't want to work as hard. I don't, I'm just kind of self-processing with you. Have you felt a difference in terms of how easy or difficult it is to communicate on one side of marriage or the other side? I mean, when we were dating, we, we could talk on the phone for, pro- I think the longest we talked was like three hours. Mm. Now it's like three minutes, mm. you know, on the phone. But if we don't really make time to actually have real conversations. And my wife is actually, she's pretty good at this. If we date night or certain times, she's like, okay, how are you really doing? 
And I'm like, oh, okay, well, then I got to ask her the same, but it's good. And I need to, sometimes it draws out of me stuff that we need to be talking about. But there's periods of time where, you know how life is, you get doing stuff, you get busy. And then all of a sudden she's, you can tell that, you know, something's not quite right. Well, both of us haven't really connected on a way that, or I'm not, I don't even know how she, I don't even know how she's doing really, you Mm -hmm. know, but those are some of the things that you work on longer in marriage and you, you've probably got a lot better advice than I do in that, yeah. but, but it's, uh, well, I might have some good on. advice, but I, I don't, people just look hear what I say and they go, well, you're, you know, you're the 54 year old guy who has a day job as a pastor and, you know, he's married 34 years. You, you, you have to say those things. But when I get someone who has the same values as I do, who's more relatable, I think that's when people's ears perk up. I mean, just, just, let me just state the obvious. One of them, like, I'll just say what people are thinking right now. Hold on, hold on, Mike Fisher, hold on. You're a good-looking guy, and this is the 21st century. How can you make the decision to not have sex? That's just not possible. That's not natural. Who, who are you? One of the worst times of my life should have been the best when I was 19 years old and I'd made the NHL right out of high school and making a bunch of money, but I was making mistakes and partying and girls and all this stuff. And inside I was, it was just eating me up because I knew this isn't who God created me to be. And, and I got my life figured out in time. And then, and I was single for a long time, but I think that was God working on me and, and, trying to grow me into the man that I think I needed to be or was trying to be to be married, really. And that's when I was like, okay, new commitment. I got baptized when I was 23. And then from then on, that was the commitment. So, yeah. That, that's impressive. I think it's important. I think that um, these conversations often get put into a moralistic framework. And it is a moralistic framework. It's, it's a, it is a moral decision. It's, it is about your morality and your beliefs. But I feel like the conversation is so overwhelmingly influenced by the people who are afraid of the Puritans or afraid of, I don't know what, it just, it, I, I know that when I tell somebody that I was a virgin when I got married, mm-hmm. I've only had sex with one person, physical sex, well, I've had mental sex and sex with myself many, many times, but I've only had sex with one person, my wife. Um, people look at me like, what do you, you like, like, that could only happen with me. I'm like, no, there's other people who regardless of their past can make that decision and can choose a different past sexually. It's not about what we've done in the past, mm-hmm. but we wanna to choose to do in the future. So for you in the future going forward, are there things that you do just to, or decisions you've made that will keep you inside of whatever your sexual boundaries are? I have open conversations with my wife and tell her these are the things that guys regularly struggle with that I have struggled with. Um, I need you to put a passcode on the TV um, and you know that, and I don't want to know it. And certain things like that, that, that is so important. And that's not to say I haven't struggled or made mistakes, but I've definitely come a long way. And I think that open conversation with your wife or, okay, you can't be on an island and people not know these things. And I have lots of great men in my life that I can have conversations with. We can have conversations together and you need that. And if you don't have it, I mean... The lone wolf, good luck, you know, as men, as a guy, um, the lone wolf in the wild. He dies early, early and he's weaker. He's done, exactly. We need to be in a pack in order to eat stuff, take stuff down. So that's what I've tried to do. And, and uh, 
you know, I think it's dangerous to say you're never going to be tempted again and, and you just got to protect yourself. So did you ever get any pushback for your faith in the, in the locker room? You know what? I, yeah, I grew up in Canada, so we're not, this isn't Tennessee Bible Belt in Canada. It's like if you're going to church or you're missing a hockey practice on Sunday to go to church, they're against the norm. So I think that part of that was, and I remember being, my teammates called me a Bible basher. And, you know, I think it just made me want to prove that I can play, I can play this game at a, at a high level, be aggressive, not just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm soft. And I want that to be the total opposite. If I'm a Christian, I have to give everything I've got and I'm going to be aggressive. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to let you push me over. So I think that kind of pushed me too. But, well, you don't just turn the other cheek yeah. on, on the, on the ice. You don't just <laughs> let people well, come and on. There, you know what? There's, there's times to be, I always like to be in control of my emotions and, and that didn't always happen, obviously, but I always, tried to be steady and control and new, you know, but also when I'm on the ice, it's being, being physical. That was, you know, part of my role was to be physical, to, to be aggressive. What is the most aggressive move you and Carrie have made as a family? Well, recently, here's a, here's a recent example that we decided in that. So we've, we've been traveling a ton in 19 and 20s, not near as much travel. And, you know, we, we do devotions, we try to read and pray together. And that's important for us and our family. But Carrie and I decided we needed to start getting up early before the kids and together and read and pray, reflect on the day. So we were getting up at, she was up five most days. I was like 530. And wow. And because killing me. if not, I know, and it's tough. I'm like, can't believe it. But if this faith of ours is going to be real and grow, we can't just wing it. We can't be like, oh, I'm going to try to do my devotion while my kid's eating in the corner and, you know, as I'm doing it on my phone and the, or whatever. It's like, yeah, to me, it was then you're not even really thinking and focusing if it's not real good time. So anyways, that's what we've done recently. And that's why my eyes look a little bit more tired than usual, probably. But um, it was a step that I think for us, we needed to do. And I think is a good step and not, I'm not the biggest morning person, either is she, but, and I think about it, I'm like, well, if I'm getting up at five in the morning to go to a deer stand and I'm just like chipper and I can't wait, why can't I do that to have time that's even more important with God in the morning and be, you know, so that's actually been I remember first morning, it was like, oh, man, I'm energized, and this is, you know, I needed to do this, and it feels good. So, but. I really don't like when someone makes me feel like a loser on my own podcast. <laughs> I, 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 really, I really do not appreciate this at all. Actually, I'm normally in my scripture memory time at 4.30, and I, and I really wouldn't want to cut that out. <laughs> I wouldn't want to I'd, cut that time short. And I didn't. I don't say that to to, to <laughs> make it seem quit. any better. It was just something that came to mind Powerful. recently that I think um, that I've been wanting to do for so long. And it's like, no, I don't need to do that. I'm fine. I'm where it's like, no, I need to really do that because it's going to help grow grow me and our, our marriage and everything. So yeah, uh, I I think the discipline is a is a big deal. So catching deers. Tell us about your business. Well, it started about three years ago, and I have a hunt camp in Kentucky, and I always opening weekend to have buddies up, and one of our city city boy friends, uh, his name's Austin, he's part of our company now, and he takes all the credit for it, but he comes in, and 
he was like, y'all catch any deers? And, you know, try to make this, you know, Southern accent. And, you know, we just laughed and we'd all heard it. We've all heard, as hunters, you hear it, you know, there's a random person that, you know, you know, catch anything and you, and you, you know, you try, you make fun of them. And so anyway, we, the next year, my brother went to work for Austin. The next year he's, my brother, Bud, who's part of the company, he made up these hats and they just said, catching deers, just random trucker hat that weren't anything special ended up being my probably my favorite hat but um so we made these hats we started wearing them around and hunters would stop us and be like man where do i get that hat and then then we thought okay well let's do a funny video and we did a we my brother wrote the video and did the video and kind of the video went viral and then we started into logo and t-shirts and it kind of grew from there we knew we were on to something and but all that to say um you know being outdoors and the faith side of the company too we want to encourage guys in their faith to um to get out outdoors and not just you know we can we can go outdoors and hunt and fish and worship creation with not even really knowing it when it needs to be about the creator and and the connection between god and and that's what we try to encourage guys to do and we're open about that with our company too so so what are you selling Oh, we're selling hats, T-shirts, oh. apparel, jackets, and um, yeah, stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, we're right. in Tractor Supply now. So you want to get stuff? Are we're you in really? Select Tractor Supply, you know, across the country. So, that is my yeah. favorite store. Yeah, it's a great. Store. You could, I could walk yeah. in there and spend half a day walking. <laughs> oh, oh, I definitely need that ratchet strap. I've got plenty, but not that ratchet <laughs> yeah. strap. Love that. That's store. a good store. Yeah. All right, let's go into let's go into lightning round. Uh-oh. Lightning round. You got to answer this as quickly. Uh, you have to give a very quick answer. If you want to expound, you can expound, but you got to go. I, I need a short answer. Are you ready? Don't be looking at my paper. Don't be looking at my <laughs> Is paper. Is there a cheat sheet? No, there's no, there's no cheat sheet. <clears throat> Blind or stand? Stand. Yeah. Mario or Wayne? Wayne. Justify yourself. That that I grew that is up not Wayne Gretzky here. fan. I, okay. You know, I, him playing in Canada and Edmonton. I loved Wayne Gretzky. I, I like Lemieux too. I never got to play against Gretzky, but I got to play against Lemieux, and he he'd be probably number two. Favorite rifle? Uh, Browning X Bolt. Uh, I just got the six point five Creedmoor, so that that round's pretty pretty good. So good stuff right here. <laughs> Tip for skating backwards. Skating backwards is all about your C cuts. Just make a C in the ice. Make a C, make a C, and so it's called C cuts. But um, obviously, the knee bend is huge in skating backwards, getting down low. So that's already revolutionary. I'm ready to go skating right now. <laughs> C cuts because yeah, I can barely go cuts, backwards, yeah. but this you said uh, makes sense. Yeah. All right. People would be surprised to know that I like to sing. People would be surprised to know that my favorite song is... Right now, it's Zach Williams' Under My Feet. That song is one of my favorites. But uh, all-time favorite song? One of my wife's songs. Oh, come on. The they water. cannot take that. You're just... No, that is one of my all-time favorites. Which one? Uh, something in the Water. Oh. I, I once in a while, I'll throw in one of her songs. All right. Uh, Most powerful about. book you are reading right now. Oh, Five Marks of a Man. Oh, Brian. Man. Who wrote that book? I'm you curious. Did, you wrote yeah. that book. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Yours truly. Yeah, man, you're that's exactly yeah. right. I have, um, Mike gave my little feel-good moment today. He came in, he said he was reading my book. He had been reading my book, so that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty it. 
in night or no in 2018. It just wasn't good enough to no, finish I'm it. Kidding. No, it's it's <laughs> really good. No, it's it's a really good book. You should read it. Uh, thank you, man. You're too good. Uh, Mike, it's been it's just a, Jim, been just fantastic having you on the show. If someone wants to follow you, follow up with your company, catch into ears, or they just want to become a a Mike Fisher fan slash follower, how, how do they do that? Uh, well, Catching Deers, you can follow us on Instagram or catchingdeers.com. And then personally, you can follow me on Instagram. And I'm not a big social media guy, but... You're not you know, a big social media guy. has, I, what, 500,000 followers or something no, like I, that? No, I, 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 I have a Twitter account, but I stopped doing Twitter about six months ago. Um, I still have the account, but I do it. Stop I have for a personal reason or just Yeah, I just it? became, I don't know. It would just I think I didn't need that in my life and cut that out. Too cantankerous or too too many political. Um, you know, I don't know. You just start. That's how actually I got my a lot of my news too. You know, and it was um, you know how it is. Yeah. The social media gets you with you know I don't know. I I just think it wasn't just a. I was thinking one of those things that it wasn't a positive thing that I needed and and Instagram might be next. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm pretty like I, I like to use it for good, no question, and I think it's a great tool. But at the same time, I don't know. It can take over. You know, it it, it can be not good too. It really so. is wild. You think about how much more time would we have during the day to do whatever we want: you know. hunt, skate, read, pray, talk, work at what? Just mm-hmm. how much more time, mind space to have new creative ideas. If we didn't have social media, I'm pro social media, but it, it I is am a too, and because it's such a, and I get, I follow different people, and I love it. I get so many great things from it, but um, it can, you know, waste. You know, if right now it's like if you don't, if you're bored or don't have anything to do, it's like oh, you know, it pops up, and that, I get a reminder from my son. I remember when my son was. When 18 months old, and I'd be on my phone, on you know, whatever. He'd come over, he'd grab my phone, and he's like, no, no, Daddy, pay attention to me. And it's like, big wake-up call. Like, you're going to miss out on, because of Instagram, miss out on moments? Like, it's ridiculous, but... We have this thing yeah. that we've done, um, I've been a part of, called Man Camp. We've had 17,000 yeah. people go through it, and um, guys go through it. And the first thing that we do is we take people's phones mm-hmm. and uh, no one likes it initially mm-hmm. and everyone is thankful for it about yeah. a half hour in because we need to unplug we need to get out in nature and we need to not have all the distractions and noise for some of us God wants to talk to us actually we just can't hear him because we're trying to hear from everybody else 100% and it's it's been a pretty profound experience for people that's why that's part of the reason why I love outdoors hunting and my camp in Kentucky a lot of the places you don't get service and which is good you know but definitely we need more of that no question and that's that'll be one of the things you know raising two boys that you know I didn't we didn't have an option of a phone when I was a kid that's why I went outside with my dog and my pellet gun or that's why I went and shot hoops or whatever because I didn't, I didn't have those, you know. I'm not a big video game guy either. Right. How old are your boys? Uh, almost five and one, almost one. So, so what's I'm your philosophy is like? Getting get them to hockey? Getting get them hunting um, at what age? What's that going to look like? Isaiah went hunting with me this year. Loved it. He loved the. So we have a hunt. It's just, it's just a cabin in the middle of nowhere, and it's you know, 
pretty rustic and he loved being with the guys at hunt camp and we could you know we were in bunk beds together he just loved it he I, he probably didn't really care you know he he liked the hunting part of it but uh, we didn't get anything but he loved that he he just learned how to skate um this past fall but i don't know if he's got the you know i don't know if he has uh hockey in him or sports he doesn't really ask to, oh, let's go shoot a ball around or let's go kick a soccer ball he not really yet but We'll see. He's he's still he's not almost five yet. So, yeah. and and that's the thing. Like everyone asks, do you, do you want him to play hockey? You think he's going to be a good singer? You, you know. And it's like honestly, our prayer as parents is just that he has a real relationship with God when he grows up, and God will show him wherever he needs to be and use his gifts. And that's as a father, all that you really you know, want, really. And if he wants to play hockey, fine, but. Um, if he wants to keep his teeth, then, then don't. So. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. For more aggressive living, head over to bryantome.com. Get signed up for the mailing list to get regular shots of positive aggression sent straight to your inbox. And while you're there, you can also find articles, podcasts, and books. I'm also active on Instagram. Search Brian Tome. Special thanks to the band Judges for the Music. Aggressive Life with Brian Tomes, a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.